And welcome to Boom Goddess Radio. This is Jennifer Davis Page in studio today with my partners, B.B. Peters and Dr. Andrea Gould-Marks. We have the privilege today of having two terrific women at our table this, this day, and we'd like to introduce them to you. It's Desha Bimers Davis, and she is the founder of 100 Women Who Care in Tucson. Welcome, welcome, Desha. Thank you. And with her is Beverly Tidwell, and Beverly is the director of the Candle Lighters Childhood Cancer Foundation of Southern Arizona. Welcome, ladies. Welcome. Thank you. We're excited to be here. Tell us. We'll start with you, Desha. Tell us about... 100 Women Who Care, and what you do in our community. Well, first of all, thanks so much for having us. Um, We are essentially a giving circle of women. We come together four times a year, and we collectively give a donation. Each of us gives a little, and that makes turns into a lot. So in one hour, we're able to raise nearly $25,000. Um, and this happens four times a year. So it's, we're looking for women that are passionate in our community uh, that want to give back. Maybe they're, they're working full time and they, their time is limited. They could be new moms and they're trying to get connected back into the community. It could be a retired person that um, is very, very busy but loves to give back bigger than they can themselves individually. And so what happens is as a member, there's no membership fee or anything, you get two rights. You get the right to nominate a charity that's near and dear to your heart. And many many of our members don't nominate charities. They just come with a heart to give, and that's great too. But we also need people to nominate charities. We have a local CPA that vets those charities to make sure that they've been in existence for two years and that um, the money is going to stay here locally in, in southern Arizona. And then what happens is when you come to our event four times a year, you if you nominate a charity, you just put the charity in the hat and we literally randomly draw three charities out of the hat. And if your charity is selected, um, you just speak from your heart like Beverly did in July and as to why you feel, you know, this charity would be a great uh, recipient of our donation, then all of the members vote. And so whoever has the most votes each member donates $100 directly to the charity. How long does it take typically? Um, Beverly, this is a question for you. How long did it take you from the time you threw your name in the hat to the time that you were selected to pitch did it take? Oh, minutes. <laughs> minutes. Really? It's at one meeting. It's it's very short time period. Mm-hmm. Although, to be honest, the process for me has been a lot longer. Mm-hmm. For many years, several years, women have said to me, I'm going to nominate candlelighters for this 100 women who care. And so maybe half a dozen people said that to me over the years. And eventually I said to myself, well, how does this work? Or they'd say to me, can you give me a paragraph on what you do? And I would email it or text it. Or Then I was like, I don't know how far these people have gone in the process, but let me find out about it. So in learning, I decided to join and 
then I understand the process was a lot more complex than that. So, so how long, Desha, typically does it take for a, a foundation or a, a nonprofit to be able to be one of the three in that hat? Mm -hmm. can, can it be months before you're selected? How does that work? It could be years, I mean, because you're not guaranteed to go into the hat. So what happens is you have to be a member first, and you have to make at least one donation of $100. Then you can nominate a charity. Then what happens is the charity is vetted, and that's typically a pretty simple process. If they're a smaller charity and haven't like updated through GuideStar, we might need more financials. But that's typically done in one quarter. And then you come to the event. You have to be present at the event to put your name in the hat. For instance, we had um, a, a member named Claire Durand who had nominated um, ALS from the very beginning, so October of 2015. And she literally was pulled maybe two times ago, and she actually won. But so you could get pulled and, and, and speak on behalf of that charity and still not win, you know, or be the recipient. How many times can you participate? Let's just say that you're in the hat for, that you are in the, um, not in the hat, but your name is in the pool, mm -hmm. and then you're there for a year or two. You're, you're there as long as you're a current member. All right. And um, until you actually are the recipient. So now candlelighters, for example, they won't be eligible to go back into the hat for a year and a half. Okay. But if Bev wanted to nominate another charity in her in her place during that year and a half she could she could nominate something else that she loves in our community and be you know speak on on behalf of that charity and that's the one thing i do want to make known that you know it's our members that are just in love with these charities and they may or may not know every answer or every little tidbit they just love what they're doing and that's really the intent is us to have a room full of passionate women that are involved in our community and are loving some charity. And so it's not necessarily uh, a board member. This happens to be someone who was involved, Beverly was involved with Candlelighters. But many times it's literally just a woman in the community who loves this charity and wanted to nominate them. So it doesn't have to be a board member or um, someone the founder of the charity exactly. So typically, how many um, charities, let's say, are in the hat? Well, there's over 60 charities that have been vetted, um, but the member does need to be there. So the last time, I think we had about 24, 28 slips in the in the hat, but we had over 200 women there. So t again, it tells you that not everyone nominates a charity. Most people just come with a heart for giving and, and are there. But and so then if, if a charity is pulled, mm -hmm. the person who is pulled needs to have been there mm -hmm. at that meeting. Mm -hmm. And so they need to be prepared mm -hmm. to talk about their charity yep. at that Yep. So moment. what happens is once they've nominated and the charity's vetted, um, Julie Kluwer, our CPA, actually sends this pretty lengthy email oh, that okay. tells you exactly like, hey, be prepared to just speak from your heart and to address these things. Um, and, you know, it's no, there's no PowerPoint or anything. You just, the best stories are right. just to speak from your heart 
and to tell how this charity is making a difference in our community. That's really what our members want to hear is how is this charity making a difference in our community and how would our donation help them continue to do the great things that they're already doing in our community. But they wouldn't have to be a principal in the charity in order to make no, that heartfelt No, no my vision actually was just to have women that love things that are happening in our charity, in our community. That's really the vision. Um, it's, it's a great benefit if, if they are, you know, part of, part the, of the, yeah. part of the charity. But, um, I think of, um, the gal that nominated Eric Height Foundation, she literally, her neighbors were the recipients of, um, the Eric Height. They used Eric Height for their children daycare because one was like an ER, um, dispatcher and the other was a firefighter and so she just thought how awesome the program was she had never used it herself and um but she just loved what they did <laughs> and so she was able to articulate that to our members and other people ask questions and through that she actually you know got the money for the eric height foundation at that time our donation helped them to create another um another location in the northwest so um it can be all it can be all kinds. It can be people that are involved in the in the charity. It could be some of the volunteers of the charity. It could be someone who neighbor is the recipient of something that happened at that charity. Just you have to have a heart to love that charity, basically. Now once you're one of the lucky three that mm -hmm. go into the hat, how long do you have to get how long is your pitch? Mm -hmm. How long did you talk, Beverly? Five minutes. Oh, wow. Okay, so and you only get five minutes to tell your story. Correct. And it's All timed. Right. Okay. <laughs> we have a buzzer, huh? <laughs> That's right. And then is there a question in uh, Q&A? Uh, after you pitch, is there a, an opportunity for the audience to yes. ask questions? Another five minutes. Another five. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and that's it. And yeah. it's over with. Yeah. Well, we're so eager to hear what you do, Beverly, and what does uh, the charity do? So um, Candlelight is was begun in 1985, um, really based on sort of a hippie time period, which is how we got the name, which comes from the Chinese proverb, it's better to light one candle than to curse the darkness. And it's parents who have a child with cancer. And they wanted to start a summer camp here in the Tucson area. So actually since 1985, there's been a summer camp in Southern Arizona for families. But then over the years, it's expanded into many different areas of advocacy. Um, and it's also served a broader um, field of children with diagnosis of anemia, sickle cell anemia as well. And um, so all those families are treated at the Banner University um, hematology oncology department. So all those families can participate in candlelighter activities and programs. So it's a broader area of eligibility. Correct, correct. Only. Even though it's, yeah. right, the title focuses on childhood cancer. There are other candlelighter groups around the country, and some are only exclusively oncology. But because we're a parent-run, you know, parents are a little more flexible, I think, in terms of coming together and helping each other. So, so the, it's a, the yeah. parents are, are the um, distributors of the care? Um, so the parents for other parents to some degree, um, but it's really just parents coming together saying, what is it that our children need? What do our families need? And so I think as a parent myself who had a child diagnosed with a brain tumor, you know, we were completely health food, nuts, macrobiotic. And my son had, was diagnosed with a brain tumor, which was really a devastating experience. It was seven years of hell. 
Um, he was diagnosed when he was four and he passed away when he was 11. So I learned during that time, there's a whole area of insurance advocacy that I had no idea about um, <clears throat> and treatment facilities around the country, um, advocacy in school and for his siblings. Like I remember once he, I was flown by air from the emergency room at TMC to Phoenix Children's like don't pass go, go collect 200, you're off. So my children were actually at school. So when I finally got to Phoenix, I called the school. And in the end, they went home with their school teachers, each one of them. So, you know, it's, you know, the medical dramas are just sort of beyond the pale in so, in so many ways. So then, you know, the summer camp really tries to address the issues that each different family member has. And, you know, dads aren't that great at um, support groups and so around the campfire a lot more comes out there and just things like that. And know. how many kids do you uh, serve on an annual basis? So about 70 children a year are diagnosed with cancer in the southern Arizona area. So we serve the whole of southern Arizona, Safford, Nogales, Douglas. Um, and um, treatment really goes on for three, three and a half years, chemotherapy and radiation. So those kids are in treatment you know, for a long time period. And so there's a lot of consequences of that treatment. And so family resilience is really, um, you know, threatened in so many ways. And um, families who lose a child, you know, 20% of all children who are diagnosed pass away. Um, so by the time you deal with relapse and the different challenges associated, um, loss of financial income and the relationship challenges, you know, you can end up pretty fragile. And then for some, you know, like a sickle cell diagnosis, that's a lifelong diagnosis. So, you know, the child has to deal with that. And we have a program that helps those students who have a sickle cell diagnosis actually to receive a laptop so they can work from the hospital or home when they're missing a lot of school. So we try and, you know, things, new things happen, new programs happen when needs and technology and different things become more available. So... For our listeners yeah. um, that want to reach out to you, would you give them your website and your email address, oh, please? Sure. Uh huh. So um, it's candlelightersaz.org. And um, um, email address and phone So number? it's info at candlelightersaz.org. So just make sure the candlelighters with an S has AZ on it, and you'll find the Arizona. Terrific. Um, we're independent okay. 501c3, but there are other groups, a big one in El Paso and a big one in uh, Las Vegas. So, um, yeah, 520-777-4911 is our phone number. Great. You do wonderful work, and we appreciate you so much now. Desha, tell us, um, tonight is the big give. Is that tonight correct? is the big check give. So okay. we've already, we, we have, our events are called the big give. And then our big check give is when we actually come with the big check that, you know, <laughs> that says the dollar amount. And, um, and so we present that to, um, our recipients and we're doing that this evening at five o'clock so do you want to share with our listeners you don't have to but would you like to share with our listeners how how big the check is going to be that you're giving to beverly tonight yes i have goosebumps our this is our largest donation ever at twenty four thousand five hundred dollars oh, and so we're just so thrilled and they have all the infrastructure in place that that money will probably be able to multiply numerous times because they have infrastructure already set up to help them even make it 
more impactful. So it's very cool. We're so excited to make the donation. Oh, I'm going to be there with you tonight. Great. Tell me, if um, women want to reach out to 100 Women That Care, tell them where to go online and give them your pertinent information. All right. Thank you. So it's 100 uh, Women Who Care Tucson dot org and our on our website you can learn about our upcoming events uh, we have our fourth anniversary big give which is october 10th and that's all of our events are at la paloma and we do a social hour from 5 30 to 6 30 it's just a great time to meet other like-minded women and then our meeting starts right at 6 30 and we are done at 7 30 so it's important, too, to note that in that one-hour meeting, we really highlight three charities in our community. And so that's the thing I hear from our members is, like, I came and I learned th- about things I didn't even know existed. So it's, it's a fun evening, but it's also an educational evening, too. So Well, Boom Goddess Radio is privileged to be one of your sponsors. And for all of our listeners, every quarter, Boom Goddess Radio will interview the winners of the um, 100 Women That Care. So please stay tuned and learn learn all about the amazing work that the 100 Women That Care does in our community. Thank you very much. Thank you so very much for joining us. For more information, visit our website, boomgoddessradio.com, and follow us on Facebook, Boom Goddess. We'd love to hear from you. Your interest powers our programs.